If you have a reaction to the gender, it's about maybe you've wanted to replicate a relationship. So if you have a great relationship with your own mum, you may want to be the mum of a daughter because you want to replicate that or you want to replicate you and your sisters having a really good female relationship. Hello and welcome to The Parenthood Pod. I'm your host, Leonia Kidanor, and every week I will bring you conversations that aim to smash the stigma on struggles we face as parents. This segment is The Vault, where we ask you, our community, what is keeping you up at night? Your messages remain anonymous. They stay in The Vault. To submit your confession, click on the link in the show notes. Welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm joined today by Gemma Smith. Gemma, welcome. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. A fellow podcaster. So Gemma's podcast is Postpartum Like a Boss. Um, she's also a perinatal counsellor and a mum of two boys. So join the team, babe. I'm a mum of two boys as well. How old are yours? <laughs> uh, mine are two and Oh, stop it. So am I. How do we do this? That's hilarious. (laughs) I feel like, um, so for those listening, I I brought Gemma on to talk about um, a topic that is really hot right now, particularly in the media, all about um, sort of gender disappointment. And funny that you said uh, mum of two boys, because I feel like I felt a bit of this too when I found out my second child's gender. So what I'm going to do first is I'm going to cut to the caller um, um, who's called in. Sure around this topic. I've just found out the gender of my second baby and I'm feeling really disappointed. I feel like I can't speak openly to anyone about how I feel. And when I did try, my feelings were invalidated. I have a two-year-old boy and have just found out that I'm having another boy. I desperately wanted to have a little girl and I don't plan on having another child. So I'm feeling all sorts of emotions. Is this normal? I would love to hear from anyone who has had a similar experience to know that I'm not a horrible person. Thank you for listening. Okay, Gemma. So as I said earlier, I feel like this, it's a topic that it's so hot. And I think it's one of those ones where because you you can it can come across as you sounding a little ungrateful or you know and you start feeling a little guilty for having these sorts of conversations often they've just been kept you know within your own mind or behind closed doors talk to us a little bit about your experience with gender disappointment yeah so i feel like as a fellow boy mum you are probably on the same wavelength about it um a lot of people i think experience it um when you find out the gender, if you do, of whatever child you think will be your final child, right? Yeah. <laughs> and especially if we've had a boy first, then we're like, okay, all right, we'll see. We'll see how this goes. And so for me, I had uh, found out the gender of my second child when I was out at dinner. Do not recommend. Oh, stop. Um, Because I burst into tears in a very public place. <laughs> <laughs> and the first thing that I did was say nobody will ever understand me. And I just completely, I just cried. Yeah. And like, it wasn't something that was um, like, I couldn't actually help it at the time. And uh, yeah, it just came over me. And, and that was, that was that. Oh my God. So wait, how did you find out at dinner? Cause I had to go to the obstetrician's office and find out. How did you? Um, so I had the NIPT test and they emailed the results. So we had had them for, probably four days or so before we'd we'd agreed we'll go out to dinner so we can find out together 
And <laughs> and the the backstory to this though is that my family is full of girls. So when we found out our first was a boy, yeah, that was that was like, oh wow, I can't believe that we could have a boy because everybody's a girl, but sure. And I was fine with that. And I have a brother and I was always thinking like, I'm going to have a boy and a girl. Mm. So I'm like, cool. All right. The boy's first. Yeah. Fine. Then I found out my second is a boy and it had just never crossed my mind ever that I wouldn't have a daughter. Yes. I feel you. I'm a, I'm one of three girls in my family too. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with the boy. And yeah, it's such a foreign experience. So I want to, let's go back to that moment in the restaurant where you're just overcome by emotion. (laughs) Talk to me about those emotions. Like what were you feeling? I just think um, at the time it was just that sense of like, it's a loss and that can be super triggering for people to hear. I know, especially for people who have had pregnancy loss um, but I feel like this is a really important topic and I am going to use that word because it's a loss of a, an identity often as a mother. We have stories from growing up of who we're going to be. We, In that moment, we lose the story that we have probably had for our whole life about who we will be. I will be the mother of a daughter. And then all of a sudden, I'm not. And that's it. That's it for me forever. I, I'm not going to be that person I thought I was going to be. Mm-hmm. And I want to make it like very clear in that too. I think the thing that gets crossed here, the paths that get crossed is that people feel like they, you can be really sad about the loss of your perceived life as the mum of a baby that you're not having mm-hmm. without feeling anything towards the baby you are having. Obviously, we are always grateful for the beautiful baby that we have. Obviously, we know lots of things about the fact that we don't know people's gender identity into the future. And just because they're a certain sex biologically does not mean actually at all that they have predictors in what that person is going to be like. But it's culturally the story that we have in our mind. That's what we lose in that moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Did you start thinking that, okay, we might go for a third because I want that girl? <laughs> have you thought that? Oh, um, I have always, um, I have always wanted two children. So I think that's also why it was very crushing at the time because I just kind of knew that I wouldn't be able to do it again. Yeah. Um, it, uh, my postpartum the first time was really hard. I feel like my second was hard. I feel like pregnancy is generally pretty hard for me and I'm just not in a place where I'd be able to. I also don't want to do it for that reason because I would not want to, um, I don't want to be faced with the same thing the next time um, purely based on that. I will say for me personally, if in Australia, I know we people can do gender selection in other countries. Um, we're just not at that point here. But if that was a possibility, I would have a third child, but it's not. So I'm not going to. I'm not going to play roulette with that um, based on just the impact on me, my capacity to have another child for that reason. Oh, I so hear you. I actually had pre and postnatal um, depression as well. And it's just, it's so 
fundamentally draining, exhausting, um, you know, identity shift, all of that. It's exhausting for the family, you know, just in general. So I so hear you. And similar to myself, I've thought about, like, I feel like I hear you and I'm like, oh, that's a little bit like me too, you know, like you, you toss up all the options. But, yeah, it's, um, it is a hard one. So I want to know then, how did you, like, how long did that feeling of sort of, I guess, a little bit of disappointment, um, how long did that stay with you and how did you sort of start overcoming it? Um, well, I feel like the more intense feelings of it were with me for quite a long time, especially just processing it. I was glad to know so that I could process it a bit before his arrival. Um but I think it was really hard. Like you'd probably feel the same. And a lot I know lots of people do. It's like triggering when there's a gender reveal and you watch the pink confetti come out and you're like, oh, this should, like, you know, you feel obviously you're so happy for the person, but you're just like, oh my gosh, like that's not going to be me ever. Yeah. Like that's not a moment I'm going to get to have. And that's sad, right? But I feel like time makes a difference. Um, for me on the weekend just passed, actually, I don't know whether you saw this, but um, I was at the birthday party of a girl with the name that I had for a girl um, chosen. And normally that would have been like really hard for me, right? Like that in the first probably two, I don't know, in the first little bit, that would have been really hard. But now I'm, I'm almost three years past having my second and I could go to that and be fine like I was actually fine and I had a really nice time playing with lots of the little boys who were there I feel like I I don't know whether you feel like this but you turn into like this beacon for little boys like they just know that you get them somehow (laughs) and they just like all come up to me and start telling me all about all of the things that they're doing and I know how to talk to them yes um I know how to interact with them really well so I had a really nice time playing with like this big bunch of little boys um Yeah, but I think maybe the first like year and a half was really hard. And then as time has progressed, also seeing the boys, how they interact with each other, apart from the fighting, (laughs) Um, (laughs) seeing that bond is really special. And that's something that I feel like has changed the dynamic for me. Yeah, yeah, I can so relate. Did you tell people, as in, did you tell your friends at the time when you were really struggling with the gender disappointment? Like, did you feel you could tell people? Uh, Yeah, I did only because I was pretty open about it pre-even conceiving and I was very open that it would be really hard for me if that was to happen and not in any way of not appreciating having a beautiful, healthy baby, but in the way of that my the link that the connection I felt to my story of being a mother of a daughter was really strong. Mm. So I I was very open about that. Not that it was um, easy to be all the time, but I felt quite okay about it. I do know lots of people who feel like they don't have anyone who they could tell something like that. Um, But I think I've always phrased it in a way that hasn't come across. I don't know, in that token way that people feel like is ungrateful in any sense I've just always been able to discuss 
the reason why it's that's the it's the story that I'm upset about. Yes. It's not the baby, oh, you know. Percent, and I think that's such a good way to think about it. I mean, as a complete side note, and this has nothing to do with babies, but I just thought like my, the biggest breakup I ever had before I had um I'm with my husband at the moment, but I, it was a guy that I was like you know, obsessed with. We were living together. I saw our lives together. I saw how he was going to propose to me. I saw the story and I told myself that story. When he dumped me, from my context, out of the blue, um, I was so shattered. And and part of it was about the person. A lot of it was about that story. And I think, you know, back to your point, it's these stories that we, you know, it's what we envision. It's all of that that is so hard sometimes. You mourn that part of you that hasn't even, you know, lived that story yet, but because you've been telling yourself that story, you know, it's really hard to let it go. So I, I think it's a great way to phrase it because, you know, I think the first thing I would think, I actually didn't voice it too much outside of my husband and, you know, a very close friend because I was scared for the judgment. I didn't want to, you know, be feeling like, oh, I'm not grateful for my child. But I think, as you said, what's super important here is that, you know, we should feel validated in our feelings about things. And and it's not that we don't love our children, but to your point, it's about mourning, I guess, that the loss of, you know, that story of who we thought we might be, i.e. mothers to to um sorry mothers to daughters right yeah yep and this also goes to an important point most people who have a reaction to a gender there's like three different things right one is you uh, it's called the three r's i'll just have to get to it on my instagram because it was a post that uh, a lot of people really resonated with but basically the first is if you have a reaction to the gender, it's about maybe you've wanted to replicate a relationship. So if you have a great relationship with your own mum, you may want to be the mum of a daughter because you want to replicate that or you want to replicate you and your sisters having a really good female relationship, right? Yeah. And so um, there's heaps of versions of this, but that's a quick version. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one is repair. So if you had a strained relationship with your mum, you may want a daughter so that you can have a better relationship with her or you may actively be upset about that. I know I've actually counselled lots of women who come and they are super overwhelmed about having a girl because they had a strained relationship with their mum and they don't want to be that person for a daughter. So that's another thing. This It so depends on the context for us. And the other one is called reflect. And this is, I think, was one of the big things for me too. Sometimes we want to, we want our child to reflect our own experience. So the first thing that came to my mind was nobody will ever understand me because I'm feeling like, wow, my child is not going to reflect my life experience because they're going to be boys. They're not going to be orient, be oriented in the world the way I am. And some people love that. Some women are like, hell yeah, I want to have a boy so that they don't have to deal with all the crap I've had to deal with. Or they don't want boys because they're like, I don't want to raise somebody who, you know, is part of the patriarchy and is going to perpetuate this stuff. And, you know, like there's so much about how we see all of that. So, so I, and that's, dependent on our own context. Everybody's going to have a different version of that, which is why to say we just have to be grateful for having a healthy child, that's actually not even part of this conversation. This conversation is about 
all of this cultural stuff, all of the stuff that we've learned about what being male or female means in the world, all of our relationships with other males or females in our lives, all of that stuff. It isn't about loving or not loving a baby because we will. Yes, absolutely. You said that even when the little one, your second one, child was born, it did take a little yeah. bit of time. You said even sort of up to 18 months to sort of just get on, you know, I guess feel comfortable and grounded and everything. I'm just interested because I guess from my perspective, it was I digested the information when I was pregnant about having a second a child, a boy and then I was yeah. kind of like, cool, on with it, we go sort of thing. He was born and I just kind of clicked into mum mode and I never really thought about it all that much again until probably more recently where it's like, would you have a third to have the girl but you don't know if you can have the girl, you know, so it's a bit of a question mark. But I'm curious for you, that that obviously wasn't your story. Talk me through it a little bit. No, I think I still, I think it was still that I just had such a connection to that story that it just took me it has taken me a really long time to let that go because I've also had to um, be here creating this story. And now I feel really comfortable as a mother of boys. And I reflected so much on that at the weekend, even at that party, like, gosh, I love being around little boys. Like there's such, I think when we think about boys and girls and all the assumptions that we have about them and all the all the cultural things like I think that it's so loaded um for me it's just about being in the process of continuously creating the story that I'm in mm. and feeling more and more comfortable with this story yeah yeah um I've heard from lots of women I'm part of I don't know if you are too but there's a the mums of boys Australia page on Facebook yeah Gender disappointment comes up literally several times a week in there. Um, it's actually statistically more women who experience gender disappointment and more women who experience gender disappointment about not having a girl. That's the highest rate of gender disappointment that, um, like from a research perspective. Mm, that's interesting because I was going to ask, what did your husband or your partner feel the same way? No. <laughs> He is really, really super duper happy to have two little dudes. Like he's, he, yeah, he's very happy. But he he feels for me because he feels if it had have been him having two daughters, he definitely would have felt the same way. Yeah, yeah. He understands yeah. that he he feels very happy and really, yeah. We did have a conversation that, you know, he there was some sadness for him of thinking his story of like, oh, I'm not going to walk somebody down the aisle or I'm not going to, those things. But to him, that was a, like a blip. That was like, a, oh, that might be a bit sad. But that he hadn't had since he was a little boy thinking about how good it will be to be a dad walking his daughter down the aisle, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's not a story he has. So, um yeah. He's very, very happy to have his two little, two little mates. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's so interesting <laughs> what you're saying. And to those listening, actually, if you can hear some um, a bit of a loud drilling sound, then that is my pleasant neighbour. <laughs> to start drilling as we are driving. I can't hear it. So. Oh, good. Hopefully as no one else can. The combo, I'm like, God, I don't think we can edit that out. <laughs> so apologies to those listening. Um, so I guess uh, Gemma. When people come to you, and even with this particular caller with gender disappointment, what are the first, like top tips around perhaps overcoming that if you're sitting in it at the moment? 
yeah, I guess the first thing is to have a space that is safe to acknowledge that that's actually how you feel, which is often, as you talked about, that is kind of like the big deal. It's the fact that often we just don't even have a space. I mean, I I did, but that was probably different because I'd sort of yeah, it was a bit different, but it for for lots of people, if you don't have somewhere to say it, then you sit with it, and that's a terrible space to be in. Yeah. So having somebody who gets it is really good. Being able to speak about it openly, but then also to talk about okay, let's unpack what your story is. Mm-hmm. What what is the story behind this? Yeah. And then it usually comes out. Oh, I had this really hard relationship with my mom. And I don't want to be that mum to my daughter or I had, I loved having a little brother and I wanted that for my kids and that they're not going to have that. Mm. Or, um, you know, we need to understand what the story is so then we can sit with that Mm. and figure out what to do going forward. I also think that it is actually okay to protect yourself a little bit if you're feeling like you're in a zone where it's really hard. Like it's okay to maybe not like follow a whole heap of stuff that's going to have gender reveals on it. Yeah. yeah. Or, or, you know, it's, or it's okay to just like, you know, if you go to a baby shower, if you're buying little girl gifts and it's making you upset, then like afterwards go and cry. Like you're yeah. allowed. Yeah. <laughs> We're allowed to be upset about it and let that happen over time. You know, like I, I think it's a lot about allowing yourself to actually feel that way and then obviously after we've done a little bit of that there's also some of that chatting about maybe challenging some of our social views about what being a boy or a girl means or how we how we feel like we're going to approach it in you know a way that can work for us um but I think you have to have you have to know what your story is before we can go into um figuring out how to work with it Oh, it's a hundred percent. It's sort of like when you go see a therapist, whatever you do first, you tell the story that you've been telling yourself, you deep dive into that, you work out actually, is that really the truth or just something that, I've, you know, a, a view that I've formed based on my experiences. And then you can step forward and say, okay, this is what I'm, I'm going to do differently, or this is how I'm going to think differently. So I really think, yeah, it's a really good way of going about it. Um, yeah. Just to kind of get to the nuts and bolts of it before being able to move on. Um, mm-hmm. I, ask every guest this last question so how has parenthood changed you as a person oh gosh yeah I'm sure you get a very similar answer in that like it's such a big one it's kind of an all-encompassing change I feel um for me yeah prior to parenthood I was really like very type a try to achieve all the things don't stop just work super hard and yeah I was going 100 miles an hour right up until literally the day my first child was born. And then it was just like the biggest self-development process that has ever happened to me of like walking through the fire and not being able to like, you can't go fast and you can't be traditionally productive Mm -hmm. and you, it's so hard. But I think what's great is on the other, other side of it, you are a better person because mostly you've had to realize like, oh, wow, I needed boundaries. Mm. And oh, wow, I actually was like really anxious and not overly healthy most of that time. But now I can be because I can see what I was doing. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, so I feel like it's changed me in a good way, but that wasn't a pleasant process. Hell, <laughs> I can I feel you, girl. <laughs> There's that kind of adjustment period, isn't there, until you kind of find your way forward. <laughs> and I think it's a continuing adjustment because our oh. kids keep changing. But I do feel like you do get to a point uh, that is much easier than that early postpartum, both times actually, because as you would know, having a second is a whole nother having a first in a way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh. <laughs> Love it. So for that person who called in, hopefully we've been able to provide you with a few tips and tricks. You are not alone. I think we all, I mean, many of us as the, as the stats show have exper- uh, experienced this. And again, we should feel empowered to be able to talk about it and um, reflect on why we might be feeling that way. Uh, Gemma, mm-hmm. can you tell our audience a little bit about how they can find out more about you and your work? Yeah, sure. So um, the best place to find me is on Instagram. Um, there every day. So you can find me at together.perinatal. Um, I share lots and lots of these types of things, things that we often don't talk about. I currently am doing a little bit of a story series on um, maternal anger, which is another one that we don't love chatting about, but that's really a big deal. Um, but yeah, for for all these things, go in there. You can find like where to book with me. You can read a little bit more about um, all of these types of subjects that I work with people for. Um, and yeah, I do one-on-one counselling so people can find me there. Love that. I'll pop those details in the episode notes. Thank you so much again, Gemma. No worries. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave us a review and share it with your friends. Want to contribute to the conversation? Hit us up on Instagram at Parenthood Pod and join our Facebook group. Until next time. The Parenthood Podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land we produce on, the land of the Wurundjeri people. We pay respect to their elders, past, present and emerging.